Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and welcome to episode 72 of Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, That's How Months Work. This week we've got four segments for you. First we discuss the Rayman Legends delay, then we have a nice discussion on Fire Emblem, after that there's an eShop roundup, and we close everything out with some listener mail. Enjoy the episode. Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so Rayman Legends is delayed from three weeks from now. Actually, no, at 19 days from now. I think it's 17. September. Wasn't it the 24th? No, the 27th. Oh, okay. The 19th. Um, You're right. 19 days before the game is slated to come out on Wii U, Rayman Legends was pushed back to September and will also be coming to 316 PS3. We have this this breaking news segment with me, Neil Ronahan, along with Patrick Barnett and Scott Thompson. I'm going to have to email Mike and let him know to put in the sad trombone sound effect it, yeah. uh, somewhere in here. A few times in here, really. Yeah, it's just a constant hum in the background. So yeah, this, this is really fucking terrible news, because as we were talking about in our Q1 segment fucking last week, we were like, you know what, the Wii U... It's pretty rough, but we got Rayman. <laughs> I even just tweeted last week. I was like, you know what's going to make me forget about this Wii U drought? Rayman Legends. Yeah. Nope. And, and it will <laughs> when it comes out yeah. in fucking September. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I just, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, Before we go a little bit further in this, this short bitch segment, <laughs> there's this quote that's been circulating around the NeoGAF. Uh, it looks like it's originally from a... A Spanish site? I don't. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it looks like Spanish, right? At first, I thought it yeah. would be French, but it didn't look like French. Yeah, I believe it's in Spanish. I don't know where it initially came from. Um, do they have, Do they have a studio in Spain by any chance? Um, no, no. I would. Say it's a uh, the guy who wrote this is apparently one of the dudes who was playing it on stage at the last E3. Oh, okay. And this is what he had to say. This is translated, so there might be a little bit lost in the translation. But let's go. I completely understand you, but you have to understand one thing. This is not a decision taken by the development team. This comes from really, really high up, so please don't pick on the game. If you're pissed, imagine how we feel. Think of the situation. We've been making overtime with this game practically since May, preparing E3, and then almost a demo per month, Gamescom, Wii U presentations, shops, eShop, etc. And at the same time, trying to actually finish the game. We had... We, we were already delayed because it was obvious we couldn't finish on time, but we gave it all to be there in February. What face do you think we had when the week we had to close the game were being told, it, or what, the week we had to close the game, we were being told it's not going to be released? I could not believe it. For practical matters, you'll have to wait for some months for the game to be released, and will most likely serve for more content to be added and allow us to do it better. For us, this means we spent six months barely seeing our wives, kids, friends, and families for nothing. Because after all, such a haste wasn't needed. Believe it, it was a hell, it was hell to swallow this news. Even then, I'm firm in what I said back in the day. Rayman Legends is an excellent game and will still be, and the team that's making it doesn't deserve to have your back turned on them just because some men in ties one day made a wrong choice. This industry is really that shitty. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I mean, that's the thing is that, <laughs> I mean, you, you can't blame the dudes making on the game or making the game. And I think that people who are leaping to conclusions about like, oh, we're never gonna we're like fuck that game, we're not gonna buy it. It's like, well, guess what? You just proved Ubisoft's point. Right. We're all fickle. And I'm sorry, anybody who bought a Wii U to get a third-party game, you should have waited for the fucking game to come out. And I remember at E3 seeing this game, and I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be a timed exclusive or something, but this is coming to other platforms. Yeah. I mean, because like, I don't think they duh. ever explicitly said that it was exclusive, right? I mean, it in was just Europe, shown they did. You. In Europe, they did. Oh, did they? Okay. However, well... The wording was always weird because the way I took it was that it was it was an exclusive on Wii U at the time. Right. Um, and that's kind of the way I always thought it would be because that's kind of how Ubisoft operates. Yeah. I mean, look at like stuff like Racket Sports came out on Wii and then it like came out on Kinect a year later or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, yeah, that's not comparable to Rayman or anything, but even Rayman right. Origins came out on Everything Under the Sun. It did months, except except the, except, the uh, except the 3DS. But uh, is that out well, yet? I mean, the 3DS version still came out. It came out a year after. Did that actually come out in America? Yeah, I yeah, didn't even know it ever came out. Stores, I think it. I don't think it's downloadable on the eShop. Oh, okay, okay. I've never seen stores. it. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I know it came out in Europe. I thought on 3DS, but I didn't think it ever came to America. But maybe it did. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is just really bad news. And it's, hearing that it comes from up above isn't a surprise. I mean, the team wouldn't decide three weeks out to just, you know, no, we're going to wait and release this on everything. I mean, but I just, what, what's the logic in that? I mean, look at September. Okay. So now you've got it on PS3 and 360. I mean, aren't it's we up aren't, against GTA Five? Right, and aren't we kind of kind of anticipating that we might see some new console launches at the end of this year? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so like, what is someone really going to be excited about a two D platformer on the PS3? Like when the PS4 comes out in what maybe a month or two? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a really weird, weird it's, choice. It's, it's baffling, but I mean, I think the logic was that the they weren't happy with the install base that Nintendo had on the Wii U for the February launch. And they thought that by delaying it, it would, you know, allow, you know, it would be a wider reach. And I think that from a business perspective, delaying the Wii U version to come out alongside the 360 PS3 versions is probably the right idea. Because if you had the Wii U version come out as scheduled at the end of February and then like have the 360 PS3 versions come out in September, I guarantee you those versions would not sell as well if the three of them came out together. And they probably have, you know, data to back that up where... You know the, the Vita and the 3DS versions of Origin, or or, or on, you know pretty much any Ubisoft game where there's a substantial time delay between releases, you probably see a significant drop off on people buying the game. Right, because people begin to think of it as a port and just not up to snuff. I mean, it was yep. the same thing with all the stuff that came out of the Wii U's launch. You know, like exactly. people looked at Assassin's Creed and Mass Effect and these things and. They didn't take them seriously. And that was like a month later. Right. And, and I was just saying Assassin's Creed. Creed. Yeah, it and, wasn't even that and, bad. Uh, Black Ops 2. Black Ops <laughs> right. 2 was only like a week, and I think they yeah. still looked at it that way. Right. Yeah, which is sad. So the, there's, I could see that. But do people really feel that way for a game coming from the Wii U and moving out to PS3 and 360? I could see it going inward because for whatever reason, there's still that, I don't know, there's still that thought that the Wii U is just sort of like secondhand it's not as powerful as those well, two Scott, you, you can see that when zombie U gets ported to 316 <laughs> yeah we'll see how it goes huh yeah what does it say like well, how do i you... think it's in all honesty it's a matter of fucking time until we hear zombie U coming out this fall 
like Zombie U Hardcore Edition. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I guess we never saw Red Steel on any other platform, but Red Steel wasn't good, so maybe that's something related to that. I'm not sure, but um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think this means for the relationship between Ubisoft and Nintendo? Like, do you think they wanted Nintendo to pay more for that exclusivity, and Nintendo wouldn't do it, so they said fine. I or... think the unfortunate. I think the unfortunate realization is and. No matter any way I say this, it's going to sound like super, super doom and gloom. The Wii U is fucked for third parties. Mm-hmm. Straight up fucked. The only way that Nintendo's going to get any goddamn games on the system is is by shelling out money or partnering with companies. And I think, fortunately, it looks like they realize that. But that's just fucking depressing. Because even look at Wii. And I think what really... Well, I would say that the, the Wii's ultimately going to be an aberration in how Nintendo is... You know, for for like the the past ten years, and you know, going forward, at least the next five, because mm-hmm. you look at the GameCube, and the same kind of shit happened as is happening with the Wii U, even even now, you know, three months into the system's life. Well, yeah, I saw someone tweet like, "Remember the Capcom 5? and I mean, yeah. I think that's pretty apropos here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that is that is definitely the the one the one bastion for shit going wrong. I think, <laughs> but there were five games, one got canceled. One was a GameCube exclusive. And it, and it was the worst, yeah. <laughs> and then three were all ported to other platforms. Yeah, almost immediately, yeah. Yeah. Within, a, within was, a year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, you had on GameCube, you did have exclusives, but it seemed like, once again, it was, it was a situation where it was like, you know, a Monster Hunter or it was Resident Evil back in the day. And most of the time, those kind of faded away as time went on. Right. Um, and that's kind of how exclusives seem to go in uh in this day and age is that it might be an exclusive on a platform for a little while but you know third parties want to make money and they make money by having stuff on everything and i think unfortunately on wii u i mean ubisoft seemed to bet big on wii u and i think this delay is a pretty clear-cut response saying that guess what we were a little disappointed with uh with how the system sold and how our game sold mm-hmm I mean, it seems like Ubisoft is a company that, I mean, to varying degrees of, of of betting, they always bet big on a console launch and kind of see how it goes. And I think to a certain degree that's smart because you are going to get a lot of sales almost no matter what because people aren't going to buy shit. But you also can kind of see what, what that audience at that early point is into. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I'm surprised there wasn't a counter argument to this this business decision that said, "Well, look, there's nothing really going on on Wii U right now. There's nothing really yeah. going on, on on either con on any of the consoles right now. I mean, Dead Space just came out, but that's kind of it for the major games I mean, right well, now. No, I mean, there's still a lot. Of, you have Metal Gear Rising Revengeance comes out. I, uh, I guess next week, right? I, yeah, I think that might be next week. Uh, oh, Aliens is next week. You've got Tomb Raider. Uh, I don't because I, I don't really pay attention that much to exact dates for. Games on 360 and PS3 only the ones I'm in. Okay, but so, Infinite. Well, yeah, that's looming. That's next month, yeah. right? In yeah, March. I think it's March 22nd. Yeah, but so they could they could have snuck in here. I mean, yeah, Aliens, but I don't think that's gonna have that big of a draw. I still, I mean, really, if Rayman Legends came out on February 26th, guess what? That shit dominates the conversation for a week. Yeah, which in this day and age is huge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've, and then I don't know, just with nothing else going on on the Wii U. I mean, it's up there on the eShop. You've got the little icon on the, on, you know, on the Warwar Plaza. People are seeing it, eyes are on it. Yeah. I mean, that seems everyone would have gotten it. Right, it would have been That's... that game where you're like, I haven't played my Wii U in a while. I'm gonna get this. Or right, I had something new. Right, and but like coming out at that time, it just seems 
it just seems backwards. I don't know. But like you said, maybe they just thought the install base wasn't there to to warrant it. They and I think I think the have crunched some numbers that, and from from some replies on Twitter, it seems like a lot of people are just like, "Well, I'm probably not going to buy this game now because I was really only going to buy it because the launch drought. If it comes out amongst other games, it's not going to be my top pick." Well, isn't that exactly what happened to Origins when it came out? I mean, yeah. wasn't it discounted in price almost immediately, like within yep. two or three months? Yeah. Because it came out like at that holiday season when everything it else came was out, out on like November eighteenth or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just so bizarre. I mean, September is better than right in right in the middle of the holiday stuff. But unless like, we they release that... Zelda that same like week or two, yeah, I mean, we, like, we, that we is don't fall. Know we don't know fully when. what's coming out in September for the Wii U. But I can, sure, I can assure you there will be a hell of a lot more games than February. Yeah, you would especially think so. on the Wii U. And like you um, said, Grand Theft Auto is there. and Yeah, Grand Theft Auto smack dab in the middle of the month. Yeah, that's not good. Um, and you might have something like Wind Waker HD. Yeah. Right, which would be the kind of pro- one of the premier Wii U titles. And yeah, people yeah. would probably prefer to play that than to play Rayman. Who don't, Maybe they'll just know. push it back to next February. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe they'll just never put the game out. Why not? Ubisoft Montpelier is up in flames. They said, if you motherfuckers want Beyond Good and Evil 2, <laughs> then you will have to you will have to go to Ubisoft HQ and kill those motherfuckers in the business suits and make us see our families. That is all. Michel Ancel is ready to speak. <laughs> there you go. Like, I just wanted to make the next Beyond Good and Evil. They wouldn't let me revolt. <laughs> They wanted me to so, make yeah, another Splinter I think I'm spent. I don't know what else to say yeah. about it. It just sucks. I'm going to go play some fucking Fire Emblem. I got Fire Emblem today. That was the highlight yeah. of my day. I was like, I was walking to my car, got the email, and I was just like, well, well, this isn't good. <laughs> but Fire Emblem. And welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, right now, I'm joined with Neil Ronahan. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> and Don Koopman. Today sucks. Today does Today suck. Today is a bummer. 
with the exception of community, but everything else fucking blows. Yeah. Scrimmonauts is delayed again here in Europe, so we have Europe, nothing for Europe's Wii U getting, this month. Europe is getting fucked in, on all sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and guys then, don't even... When, when's Fire Emblem coming out in Europe? April. April, yeah. Wow. And then and, uh, Brain Age is the same thing, right? Yeah, it was originally coming out in March. That's also delayed. It's coming in April now. That's weird. That's really weird. And but, then, um, and then finally, we, Sonic Racing Transformed 3DS. Don't buy yeah. it. It completely utter blows. All right, so uh, yeah. right right before we get into Fire Emblem, you're gonna hear my cat's stupid bell because the motherfucker won't stay still. Oh yeah, um, I heard it. Just just uh, this is why just I have FYI, a dog. and I don't want to like lock him in a box. Can't you just so. take his collar off? But but he's so happy. <laughs> well, it's good. taking his collar off makes him unhappy. I don't know. I haven't taken his collar off in a long time. If he if he runs by me, I'll try to take his collar off. Okay. But I'm tethered to the computer right now. All Guys, right. this is why I have a dog. Dogs can be even worse. No, my dog is very quiet. He's he's very kindly. Hmm. <laughs> I, I have a kitten. He's crazy. Yeah, they always are. So, um, yeah, we haven't indicated indicated it at all yet, but we are talking about Fire Emblem today. Okay. Uh, not not all these other things. Uh, I played and reviewed the game last week. Well, I played it over the past like two or three weeks, and I reviewed it last week. And then Dom has had the Japanese version and has like put in over eighty hours. And played it a bunch of different ways, and then Neil just picked it up yeah, uh, about, Sunday night. I'm a also, little shy of ten hours. I'm on chapter eleven, and oh my god, I am loving the shit out of this game. <laughs> it is so good. Little, so yeah, little side note: I have played a little bit of the American version, like three hours or so. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna talk about what makes this game so great, and like what, I, in my opinion, what makes it the the best Fire Emblem game to date. Yeah, um, I definitely and, agree. Oh, yeah. I agree too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think many people would fight us on that one. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Unless there's like just people... some crazy obscure like Japanese one that someone's like, "That's the one that got it right." But as well, far as like the American ones, this for sure. Well, I I've, I've played all of them, also most of the Japanese ones, and I still completely agree. Okay, so. good. Cool. Um, so the, the the thing is with like the older Fire Emblem games, it they are pretty damn tough, even tougher than the ones that. That we actually got in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, the series has always been pretty challenging. Yeah, they they, they kind of scaled it down in later versions, but um, it, it kind of became a respectable level in the Game Boy Advance. And then yeah. um, for but, us in the audience, let's, it was let's a total talk about fuck. the 3DS game. Yes. We, you know what? All the other Fire Emblem games before it, not as good as this one. <laughs> so let's talk about the best fucking Fire Emblem game ever. The best. Intelligent Systems game, in my opinion, by the way. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd really fight that. I mean, th- there's tons of content in this game. I've only played the the first downloadable content pack, uh, which features Marth and some delicious retro music. Oh, and the apparently, so good. The second one went up today, uh, which you get Roy from, and then there's a third one coming soon, and you can like buy a pack where you get both and save a dollar. But the third one's not out yet. I haven't. I haven't gone and downloaded it yet. I just saw that it was available. Right, I haven't checked it out either, but I'm I'm sure I'm the going only, to. The only crappy thing about some of those extra characters, like uh, the I guess the characters you can get from Spot Pass, uh, and like uh, I guess Street Pass as well, and the DLC is that they don't have any relationship capability. Right, so and that's I don't a really want to use my fancy my fancy Marth that I got from the DLC 
because I can't marry him off to someone. <laughs> right. And I mean, I understand that they didn't want to write in all this support text for all, oh, yeah. you know, all these characters that people might not even bother with. But it is disheartening because the relationship system is like such a huge, I don't know, such a huge feature in this but, game. And, yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. so in, in, integral in almost every battle and everything in the game. Yeah. Because but, I, yeah. I just basically send out like search parties where it's like people that have good relationships that I want to build up. And, you know, I'm kind of matchmaking as I play the game where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but... Maybe maybe I'll put the dragon girl with Rickon. Like that could be fun. Yeah, maybe we'll sure. see how that goes and see yep. how they work together. <laughs> the, the the thing about the DLC characters though, they have damn good stats. Um, yeah, so they kind yeah, of I mean, make up for it. Sure, but I don't know, man. I mean, I can't have a Marth baby. So what's the point? <laughs> Babies are bust. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten a marriage yet. I know that uh, there's at some point where you're basically forced to to marry off. Rom or however you... Yeah, Because I assume that, like, his future child is somehow related to things. I, I don't know exactly. Yeah, the, the, the story's kind of split into, like, two sections. There's, like, the, the first part, which you're in now, where, you know, the, the, the undead are first starting to appear, yeah. and then, quote-unquote, Marth comes, you know, through that portal as well, and yeah. then you learn that that's his, you know, his daughter and everything. And then... There's like spoilers. a resolution. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there'll probably be spoilers. Not that the story's like yeah, I, I know amazing that, I know that she's anything, a girl. Yeah, that's about it. And I can assume that it, it, it obvious. It, it is pretty fucking blatant. Yeah, that it's his daughter. But then, like, I think after maybe chapter, I don't know, twelve or thirteen, like, okay, there's I'm, the, right, I'm right there. You well, are. I, mean, I assume that uh, that like the rival kingdom that I'm fighting, yep. like, it seems like that's coming to a head soon. Right, and so that's, like, one mini-conclusion, and then the story actually, like, fast-forwards, like, five years. Oh, wow. Um, and so at the end of that, that like, halfway point, Chrome gets married and has kids, and not only um, Marth, who came, you know, from the future, but they also have a second kid who then you have to go and recruit, like, in a side mission. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and then, yeah. Oh, my it, God, I can't wait. How many it, chapters are there total? Yeah. 25, and then the final battle, so oh, 26, okay. really. Um... And yeah, if you haven't gotten Chrome to like a level S relationship with anyone, he'll just marry whoever he's like highest ranked oh, okay. with. Um, so that surprised me at the time. Yeah, because by um, then I hadn't gotten any S relationships, but I also yeah, really wasn't. I, I have trying. I have an S relationship with uh, my avatar and Chrome. But uh, you're well, no, they can't have an S relationship. Well, well, I guess an uh, a a high <laughs> I, a, an A relationship. Right. If I, if I was a girl, then then yes. Yeah, for sure. That's my avatar is, named, is tastefully named yeah. Neil. <laughs> I, that's how I actually played the Japanese version because I knew that the main character was a guy and that my girl could be an avatar so I thought from, I put one and one two together and do that <laughs> well there you go, <laughs> so so they got married your avatar and Chrome uh, yeah, actually pretty. I made sure actually pretty early on that both of them got an S rank like way before that the forced part of the of the story Yeah. yeah. so um, they had pretty good stats together and they got a child so plus plus bonus situation for yeah. sure uh, um, and so, uh, and now kind of still find it with the American version now choosing a guy avatar I'm still kind of mo- finding my way how the relationships with Chrome and other characters should work and that makes it actually kind of more difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really enjoy just going through the relationships and seeing. The, I mean, the writing for the support conversations are so it's so so good. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, really massive credit to 8.4. They they were on the telephone, and they also have an excellent podcast, 8.4 Play. And this is something that 
uh, they kind of referenced something on their podcast that was Project X that they were crunching on hardcore in the fall, and that was this. Oh, okay. Um, the, the thing so is, it, the, it yeah. seems like the localization for this was coming together in the fall, so mm. it's not like they had it on the shelf for a while. Having, yeah, having played both the Japanese and American versions, I think that some of the the jokes they put in is similar, but they haven't taken their they have put an own twist to it with some jokes yeah. here and there in the American version. Uh, I like which how the, the one character yeah. calls everyone dastards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, like, Vike always refers to himself in the third person. And his teach. He calls himself yeah, teach. Yeah, he calls yeah. himself teach. Uh, what else? There's, there's like, this weird... I, I forget, it's with the Avatar, and I think it's one of, like, the kind of warrior girl characters. Maybe Sully, mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. he gives her some... He gives her, like, some, like, fiber... Like right, and she, she eats and it all she just at once. eats them all and basically, like, just vomits everywhere. Yeah. Did you guys have... I don't know if you guys had to build-up relationship with, uh, like, Chrome and Frederick. I know, I haven't really used Frederick because... No. I, yeah. I, I no, never really... Fa- yeah. I never fall into that trap of using the stupidly overpowered guy you have at the beginning of... Right, because he, he just steals all your experience from other yeah. characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the the thing is the 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 first one is amazing where Frederick has put up posters of Chrome. Oh no naked. no I did get that I did get that one actually. Yeah, naked. Yeah, no, that Chrome is naked with uh, with a sword in his hand and the text under it, according to Frederick, reads, uh, "Chrome wants you." <laughs> yeah, and wow. then like Chrome Chrome at the end of it is just like, "Oh, I gotta go take those posters down." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really well written, and we haven't really explained it outside of um, we haven't explained what the relationships do to actually battling, and yeah, on top um, of like they, these they great conversations the you get, right? On top of these great conversations you get, and marriage and kids and stuff like that outside of battle, in battle, I mean, it, it's a lifesaver, and in a lot of ways, I mean, you have to, I think, utilize the relationship system to get past harder battles. Um, yeah. When two characters fight next to each other. They automatically at, at the baseline um, get an accuracy bonus, and then there's also a small chance that the second unit, the support unit, will attack with that main unit or defend him, like jump in the way, yeah. and so he doesn't take any damage. And the more and more they level up, the more uh, stat bonuses you get, and the greater chance that that character will attack or defend the the, the main character. Yeah, um, it, it it will cost if you spend a lot of time with the game. It will cost if, for example, I will go back with the Japanese save. Um, my avatar and Chrome became insanely overpowered. Yeah, together yeah. because they were defending and um, attacking with one another like a crazy persons. Well, so, wait, wait, wait till you get further in the American one because your your avatar and Chrome are so powerful that together they're great, but also their S relationships are super powerful. So I found that I always like in battles I split my my units up into like two groups yeah. and have like Chrome and Sully's who he married in my game lead like mm-hmm. one group like to the left, let's say. And then I'd have my avatar and, and Anna, who's a, a recruitable character who he married, uh, like lead the second battalion, like in the, a different direction on the map. Yeah. And I found having those two in the front all the time because of their, uh, the nature of the relationships and all the crazy bonuses they get, like just, yeah, it would just kill everything. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a balancing issue. I mean, I don't know. It's, if the it's game, not they... really a balancing issue. It's more like that you spend a lot of crazy time building up those relationships. Right, so it's like a perk for putting yeah. in the time. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Because, I mean, it, it's certainly still easy to lose. Um, I mean, I still lost a lot later on. Yeah. But, it, like, when you, are, when you... I mean, the, the difficulties that you can pick 
uh, sure, yeah, get absurd. Right. So if you picked the, I played on normal. So right, if you picked hard or lunatic, then yeah, then then that would yeah, probably be. I'm gonna think lunatic plus is what you unlock. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna start a record on lunatic actually, and, and see I, how it goes. I, I will, I will be. We need almost an open the conversation here. My American save is lunatic. Ooh, how's that going? Ooh. Badly. <laughs> Are you playing on a uh, classic as well? Um, I decided I went classic with the Japanese version, so I went casual with this one actually. I think with Lunatic, it's probably okay to go casual. Like I, yeah. I, I wrote that, well, I wrote that editorial about how you should. I think everyone should play classic, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think on those yeah, insane difficulties, you might as well just probably do casual, or you really won't get through it. I don't. Think. I, I have to say, Scott, that it was your editorial that pushed me over the edge to the other casual. way. I know yeah. it doesn't make any sense. The funny thing is that I, I and I was I read through it and I was like, I guess maybe maybe I will do classic. And then I thought about it for a little while, and was just like. But the way he kind of describes it is like, what's the difference? Because the way that you play the classic mode is that if someone dies, you just restart. Right. And it's I mean, did you ever have someone die and just move on? No, but I did. The final two levels, I told myself because they were so difficult. I, I told myself, like, that's it. I'm just going to move on. Like, I'm at the yeah. end, especially because I wanted to beat the game before I reviewed it. Yeah. I, I just said, like, this is it. Like, I've made it this far. If someone dies, especially if it's someone, you know, now if it's that one character, like, I love, like, let's say it was my avatar's, you know, wife who we ended up marrying, like, then I'd probably restart. But if it was one of these sort of auxiliary characters I wasn't that interested in, I thought, that's it. But luckily, I, I got through without anyone dying in those. Um, I don't know. See, people say it's the same thing, but I I, I think dying and then restarting, it just forces is, you to play a it a different way. a big fucking time sink? Right, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not like that's easy, it's you know. It's frustrating. People, people like, are like, where, oh, where's the fun in just like <laughs> spending twenty minutes on a battle and having it, someone get goosed by a random number and then restart it? Like, that's one thing. In all honesty, that's part of the reason why I stopped playing Fire Emblem. Like, I, the only one I finished was the first Game Boy Advance one, mm-hmm. and I haven't finished any other ones. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, that's why because I would get to a point where it get really hard. And someone would die, and I would restart and try to beat it without losing that losing a person. Yeah. But the thing, the thing is, with um, even with casual, even if your character or Chrome dies, it's still game over. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, I've, gotten, Chrome, I've gotten one right. game over where yeah. I got I got wrecked by a random number. <laughs> so, so there is still a certain amount of challenge involved. Still. Um, yeah. It, it just. I think it's just there to lessen frustration, and it's it's a good reason for having it there because it will get a lot more people wanting to try the game at the very for least. sure. Yeah, and like like I said, in my thing like objectively, I think it's great. Like that's such a good feature. And if someone's like absolutely opposed to permadeath, like they just can't do it, then I think you should play it on casual because it's still a really great, well made game. I just I don't know. There's just something about that mode that like if you're on the fence, I just think you should go classic. I think. I think playing casual kind of just changes the way you play. But and, that's and, and, all up to you. Because for me, it's not changing the way I play. The only thing it's doing is lessening the frustration yeah, of being well, at the end of a battle and having you, someone die. You're still kind of early on. I want to wait and, and, and see at the end because the battles do become very difficult. And I don't know. I mean, I, I just think they'll get to a point where you're just like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm just moving my, my guys down the down the map and to get to the guy I have to kill, you know? And if yeah. someone gets picked off, it's fine. We'll see. I can tell you this much that no matter what I do, I will still enjoy the crap out of the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I, I totally agree. There's just there's just something about classic mode that I think adds something. And like I said, it, it kind of lets you make your own stories. I mean, you remember yeah. those times where 
you see that a guy has a chance to kill you, but he only has a sixty percent, you know, percent chance. That's to hit. already happened to me. And you wonderful. like, you like gasp and you hold your breath and like you freak out and then he misses and it's just like, I mean, it's like the greatest moment of your life. <laughs> well, I had one. I think it was, I forget which character it was, but it was something where it was like a like you know the the relationship it was two people next to each other and the relationship was like like it was like a c rank or something it wasn't anything really high right just the basic and, yeah. and the character was about to die and then they got saved and i was like all right i mean it, it sucks because at this point i don't remember who it was but i'm like they're getting married right yeah <laughs> see like stuff like that it's cool and i mean i guess you still have that feeling and in, in casual i just think it carries so much more weight in classic but yeah. it's really neither it carries so much there. more frustration too it possibly, yeah. But then also when it works out in your favor, just like it, it's like I said, just so great yeah. that you don't forget it. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, but it doesn't matter either way. Just, just play what you want to play. I'm not, I'm not really that staunch. Like you have to play classic. I think people, I, got I that do vibe. recall what, what did you say? It was like, uh, like playing New Super Mario Brothers 2 with the invincibility leaf. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I do. <laughs> I, I understand. I, if that I think that's kind mad. of fucking ridiculous. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, so I played the, the first little bit now casual now, and I still feel my, that I need to return to the home menu where I feel a, a battle is going. That was going very badly for myself. Well, you're so, also playing on lunatic. Yeah, but yeah. Still, there's no change for me personally in how I play classic and how I play casual. So it doesn't really matter me all too much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's it depends on how you play because you could. I mean, I I could totally play uh, casual with reckless abandon and just sacrifice dudes left and right, but that's not the way I want to play the game. Sure. No. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I I actually want to play some casual and see if it changes my opinion of it, but we'll see. Um. So what else? What else about Fire Emblem, you guys? What, what's something you want to to bring up? Something that's stood out about the game. How wonderful of a portable game it is, because I can just pick it up for a little while, and most of the time I'll pick it up and get lost for like an hour and a half. But it is the kind of thing where I can boot it up and be like, okay, I got a story mission. But yeah, I can do some of these side battles here and get some gold and train up my guys and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it just, it really does have like a, I mean, it's not like it's an open world exploration or 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 anything, but there's a lot of things you can do at every juncture. Whether it's you know, go check out the shops that are popping up or mm-hmm. go play, you know, some spot pass DLC that you got or get some, you know, sh- download some straight up DLC or just the random battles that pop up playing some of those or the, the, the paralogs like. Right. There's there's a lot to do in this game and it For seems sure. like there is there is a shit ton of content. Now, you, you will not able to wait when the steady stream of DLC will be coming out because yeah. uh, it looks like it's going to be weekly I thought it was going to be monthly but it looks like it's weekly well it kind of was in Japan too um, though they did split it up in two seasons so there was a month gap between season yeah, 1 okay. and season 2 um, but some of the missions that you will, will expect uh, will be amazing there's one mission though where basically it will give you tons of money which made it Ooh. very easy for me to forge weapons. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't done anything with forging weapons. I, I believe I had a conversation with someone where they said like there's not really much point to doing it. Uh, it it's just going to be more handy if you have a tough battle ahead, like some of the DLC five star yeah. battles. They become really insanely difficult, and you have some also some de- death pits in there, and like the, in the later ones. 
So it's it's sometimes better than to forge weapons and make the, yourself a little stronger to overcome the difficult foes you encounter there. Um, but like like that DLC one I played was like I got one hundred thousand gold out of that for perfecting that. Holy crap! Yeah, for perfect perfecting <laughs> wow. that mission. And then the other other world stuff where like if you have a bunch of marriages way down the line and you have invested hours into that game and in the DLC. Uh, pretty much your future childs will pop up in um, in two different missions missions in the DLC, and you have to help them out in the future. <laughs> so that's certainly something. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I can't wait to play more of this game, and I think I will be playing a lot of it. I think Kid Icarus Uprising has finally finally has a contender for my playtime throne. <laughs> Hmm. How many how, how many hours did you put into Kid Icarus? Like forty five. Yeah, you could probably get that here, especially if you if you do start doing yeah. the DLC and do a lot of the um, it's, it's like kind the of random battles. My my three DS playtime is like forty five hours of Kid Icarus, and then like twenty five with Mario three D Land, and then like nothing else really. <laughs> The, f- the thing is, I still go back to the Japanese version and play like a spot boss battle one or two. Yeah, I, I was hoping uh, I was in New York City this week and I was hoping to get some street pass, but I did not. Mm. Um, hopefully I, I will be in the city again next week. So I hope to get some, or actually I'll be in Seattle this weekend. So oh, there you go. Maybe I'll, I'll just like go chance. by Nintendo's office and be like, <laughs> give me some fucking fire emblem street passes, man. Yeah. If you do that, you can buy items from those characters or yeah, you can recruit, you can recruit them to their avatar. Yeah. Although same thing with the characters from the DLC, yeah. that that avatar can't get a relationship with anybody, yep. but Still well, I neat. got some insanely strong characters through Spot Pass, though. I like through Spot I have, Pass. Yeah, I think I've got like, um, so you can upgrade it and then start from level one all over again, right? Yeah. And so I got one character who was upgraded like three times oh, up wow. to level wow. twenty again. So I had like a full powerful character, full stats, everything. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, yeah, because because even after you promote your character, and then you can just use the second seal to change his class, and then you can start all over again, and then yeah. level him up to twenty, promote him, and then level him up to twenty again. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that comp- that much into that aspect of it, but I'm kind of excited with my my main party to kind of mess around with that stuff and just keep pushing everyone further and further. Well, I hope that uh, with the American launch now behind us, it will pop up more likely because. I still get a steady stream of stuff on my Japanese version. Um, awesome. So it's so it's pretty interesting to see how the American version will develop in that fashion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that about does it. Um, yeah, I think it does too. So yeah, I gave this game a nine point five. As you can tell, we all love it. <laughs> I, I gave it a nine in Nintendo Force. So you gave it how much? A nine in Nintendo Force. Okay, there you go. So yeah, obviously very big fans of it. Um, if you like, like I've said, if you've at all been on the fence about Fire Emblem, like you've always been interested, there's been no better time to just oh, dive yeah. in now. Um, it's it's really well made and just a, a great, yeah. a great, great game. I was really surprised. I mean, I like Fire Emblem as a series, but this game kind of blew me away. So, and uh, to to add to that, there's a post up there where I wrote why it's my favorite Intelligent Systems game. Oh yeah, there you go. Check that out. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I'll write something about. I feel like I should. I mean, I'm in this group. You guys all wrote a bunch of stuff about it. <laughs> yeah, your pressure. Well, I'm hey. still waiting for my gigantic art book of the game. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. 
I, I forsook my GameStop pre-order and just downloaded it. Good idea, because now you're playing it instead of waiting until yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Although I actually I would have gotten it uh, Tuesday night if I if I so I, I had a day and a half. Oh, okay. Of playing it before I could have gotten my GameStop pre-order. Nah, it's the worst. Like fuck you guys, it was late. <laughs> there you go. It's the way to do it. All right, cool. Well, guys, thanks for being here. Yeah, um, thank thanks you. for uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. 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 shop releases on both 3DS and Wii U. I'm Neil Ronahan, and with me today is Patrick Barnett, my eShop partner in crime. Yeah, there, there aren't many of us eShop yeah. fiends. We're, we've got a few <laughs> diehards here on staff. Uh, some of our diehards cannot make it with us today, but Patrick and I will lead you through some eShop games that we have experienced or at least have thoughts on. Um... Pretty much we're going to focus on what came out in January 2013, but there's a few things that, you know, carried over from December or came out in early February. Or I guess technically, technically Puddle was... Puddle was out the 31st, yeah. Okay, okay. I was just, I was like, that came out last week and now it's February. (laughs) So last week must have been February too. Um, That's how months work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so we're going to talk about some eShop games. Before we do, as is the custom for this entire episode, man, what the fuck is up with Rayman Legends? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, I'm so um, sad. Bummer. Yeah. We'll have we'll have more on that either before or after this. I'm not sure. But let's start off with Johnny Impossible, which I I believe I'm the only person that's played this. I reviewed it for the site, right, Patrick? Yeah, I, I haven't played this. Um, it's a lot better than everything else that UFO Interactive has put out. Um. 
feel like I've talked about it before on a podcast, but there's not, there's not too much to say other than it's a, it's a stealth game, a 2D stealth game that's really fun. If I'm counting right, this is their fourth Johnny game, maybe, on eShop? This is their third, third Johnny game? Third or was, fourth. There was Johnny Kung Fu. And, and no, they had the DSiWare like, Game & Watch parody game oh, okay. that kind of came from Johnny Kung Fu. I think this is only the second Johnny game. Okay. And it's like this real weird, like, they're trying to be funny with it. Because it's like, you know, now he's, he was Johnny Kung Fu. Now he's Johnny Impossible. And he's fighting Mr. Wang. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not really that funny. But the gameplay is good. Um, I mean, it's a 2D stealth game, and you there are only three levels, and the goal is to kind of do them in a limited amount of time. Every level's timed, which is kind of a bummer. It's nice but to you, see uh, just, like, developers supporting the eShop with these tiny, kind of yeah. semi-decent games. I mean, it's it's really, like, I don't really have too many complaints about it, other than, the, I mean, the, the time restriction makes the exploration aspect of it kind of lame. Because um, I, I would find myself kind of doing like quick saves, which you can do in the game, and and just trying to figure out the fastest way to to go about things, as opposed to you know exploring and looking for upgrades. Because there are upgrades for the different weapons. Like you get like a grappling hook, you get like a magnet claws or something, um, night vision goggles and stuff like that. You get a gun, hmm. stun gun, um, and it's really neat. It's only five bucks too. It's cool. But Gunman Clive blows that shit away and it's only two dollars yeah. um i think this game is beautiful and it, i mean it's it's Mega Man-esque, but i wouldn't really i mean it's kind of slow like Mega Man, but it, it, i mean you are a you are gunman clive you're a western dude as opposed to a robot dude my only real complaint with it is really the length because it only takes like an hour to get through um I kind of like agree to disagree in that sense. And like, yeah, it is, it is super short. Like uh, this game's $2 and it's about an hour to play to play through to the end. And there's two other characters you can play as one you unlock. Well, I guess there's three characters total and one that you unlock after beating the game once. There's also a hard mode and I find myself replaying it. So for me, I'm not really that like upset by the length mainly because you know, it's only two bucks and I'm going back to it every now and then. Yeah. And with this compared to stuff like uh, Ikachan, which we'll talk a little bit later, that's another really short game. But for me, Gunman Clive kind of feels like a whole game. Like there is a whole experience of, you know, beginning and progressing and then conclusion. Whereas, you know, there's been other games that I've played lately that just kind of feel like they stop before it's supposed to get really good. Like even Epic Mickey Power Evolution on 3DS, which has a lot of other flaws, but... I got to the end of that game and, you know, it was still like five hours or so, but I was like, that's it. Like, it felt like it was building to something bigger and then it just ended. And that really bothered me. But I would say that Gunman Clive is a more complete game than Epic Mickey Power Evolution, despite Power Evolution being, you know, six times as long. Hmm. But yeah, so, yeah. I definitely recommend Gunman Clive. Yeah, especially for two bucks. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will have, uh, I forget the guy's name. Hmm. I think he's Dutch. Yeah. Um, I will follow whatever else he does. I'm very interested. And for those of you that did get the game, I think an update is now available if you had game... Like, there was a bug that crashed the game. Not sure if you experienced yeah. this. But that update is I, out I now. did not. It happened to me, I, I think, twice. Bummer. Yeah. Um, so, Unchained Blades. Uh, I don't think either of us got this. No. 
worth mentioning though because I think it was yeah. thirty dollars. Which it was a it was a thirty dollar game. I mean, it was it's a retail game in uh, Japan, and it also came out on. I don't know if it was PSP or Vita. I mean, either way, you can get it on a Vita. But I think it was a PSP release. I think it was PSP, yeah. And it came out in, like, October, I think, in North America. So there was a big delay between the the PSP and the 3DS release. But, I mean, it is an it is an old-school-ass, old-school RPG. With dungeon crawling and stuff like that. And it's very, very grind-heavy. And James Dawson, um, you know... Uh, at this point, right now, he's a he's a former staff member. He's taking a leave of absence to focus on school and stuff. Um, but this was his last review that he did before before he took his leave of absence, and he did not like this game one bit because <laughs> it was too too heavy on the grinding. And that's that is a man who loves a good RPG. So, I am kind of afraid because just looking at screenshots of this, it reminds me of Etrian Odyssey, just kind of yeah. glancing back and forth one from the other, and I'm kind of afraid I will not like Etrian Odyssey. Well, you should play the demo then. I, I have it downloaded, just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I'll probably play it on the plane tomorrow. Hmm. I'm real excited to uh, to play some Etrian Odyssey. Because, well, also, from everything that I've heard about Etrian Odyssey compared to this game, that Etrian Odyssey is way better, so I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, Just, just one of those lingering concerns that yeah. I have every now and then. So how about you talk to me about Wild Adventures Ultimate Deer Hunt 3D? Well... It is an arcade shooter at its finest, I guess. It's very much, (laughs) (laughs) it's on rails, and you you shoot lots and lots of things, which... Is it just deer, or are there other animals you shoot as well? bears and moose and fox that chase you. (laughs) (laughs) They come running at you, and you you just shoot them, gun them down. (laughs) It's quite a violent game, actually, because in a span of two minutes, you you take out like a hundred animals. Which wow, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like qu- quite quite a excessive. I guess would be the way do to put it. Do the animals like have a death animation, or do they just kind of like explode into like a numerical point? Value? No, no, they they actually fall over, and sometimes they they do fall over differently. It seems like there is somewhat of a physics engine kind of built in there because if they're running towards you and you shoot them down, they kind of stumble over themselves. And, <laughs> oh, it's it's really weird and obscure, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> There's yeah, there's achievements you know, tap and tapping the screen. Yeah, I, actually, I don't enjoy tapping the screen because the um, the bottom screen the visuals aren't actually down there, so you yeah. actually have to aim with the circle pad. So, oh, it's not quite as precise as I would like it. But yeah, Bummer. that's Wild Adventures Ultimate Deer Hunt 3D. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about um, two 3DS Virtual Console games that that came out. Recently, and that's Kirby Star Stacker, a Game Boy game, and Super C, an NES game. Have you gotten either of those? I did not. All... You're, you're alone here. All right. So Kirby Star Stacker is a puzzle game in which, uh, so the goal of the game is that there are all these star blocks that come down, you know, star stacking stars. And then there's uh, like the, you know, Kirby's shitty friends. Uh, I forget. There's like the you know like the hamster, the owl. I forget all the names. Hamtaro, or is that actually a thing? <laughs> no, I think it's like Koo and Kine. I, I forget exactly. Hamtaro's a thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Hamtaro totally is a thing. There were a bunch of DS games for that. We might have some Hamtaro reviews on the website. Hmm. Um, so Kirby Star Stacker, you have these three, you know, three of Kirby's friends that then those come down, and your goal is to have like two of the friends around a group of stars. 
and then you clear the stars and the goal of each level is to um you know clear a certain amount of stars and i mean that that is the entire game but it's it's perfectly fine and it's it's really really addictive i basically spent a weekend um where i would just you know watch tv and play kirby star stacker and i put like two or three hours into it um and work through a lot of the different difficulty levels i think there's like four or five and it gets pretty damn hard too I'm really surprised how many Kirby puzzle games slash pinball games ended up on the uh, Game Boy. Kirby, Kirby's a whore. Yeah, That's he, really he had Kirby pinball, to. Kirby block ball. Yeah, this Kirby it, Star Stacker. I mean, well, I think it's also that he's a very malleable character. That that is. So true. Nintendo's like, we have this idea for a game. Uh, I mean, we don't have a we don't have a mascot for it. Let's just put Kirby in it. <laughs> yeah, it works because I, yeah. I enjoy pinball and. Uh, Kirby's Block Ball. And Super C is an NES game. And this was the Contra game that when I was when I was younger, I played the crap out of. I mean, I would still say like something like Contra 3 is probably my favorite in the series. But Super C, I mean, mainly because it was the one I had access to. I don't think I ever owned Contra on NES. I like played it over friends' houses, but I never owned it. I owned Super C, though. And this game was a wonderful trip down memory lane with save states. Um, so that made it a lot more fun, but I was very happy to get through the first two levels of super C without dying. Um, <laughs> I felt like a fucking superhero. So, so you would say it's actually challenging, like very hard. Oh, I mean, it's a contra game. You die in one hit and shit gets totally fucked. Um, <laughs> I've only I, mean, I, I basically I, like, uh, if you, if you have, if you have been kind of interested in the, the series, if you like contra three. I totally check this game out. Okay. I mean, it's it's really really fun, and if you do use save states, and what I ended up kind of using them as is that like, I wouldn't do it like every step of the way, but like you know, I'd save at the beginning of the stage, or you know, if I get to the midpoint or right before a boss or something, I'd save just so you know alleviate the frustration. Yeah, because these games do get very very hard, but mm-hmm. I I had a nice sense memory from the first level. <laughs> it was like the same thing as playing Ninja Gaiden where I can pretty much romp through the first, like, world or two in Ninja Gaiden to almost perfection, because I just, like, remember the timing for everything. <laughs> I could but, not do that. And there's download play for Super C, which I haven't been able to check out yet. Like, single, single 3DS yeah. download. Oh, that's so weird. And it, Yeah, and Ice Climber also has it, oh. um, which that finally got... It was an Ambassador game. Hmm. I downloaded the update for it, mainly, because I, if I ever have that opportunity where I'm with someone else with a 3DS, I'm like, guys, we're going to download play. What, like Mario Kart? No, Ice Climber. <laughs> um, and I know what you can do with it is, is ostensibly it's like each system becomes a controller, like one or two. But you could even just watch another person play Super C or Ice Climber with it. It's, it's kind of weird. Because if they're playing a single-player game and you do download play, then it's not like it's like magically going to be co-op. Like, you're just going to watch him play, and there's nothing you can do. It's really weird. Uh, I haven't really messed around with that download play stuff with any of the Ambassador titles. Because isn't there another one that does it as well? I don't know. Balloon Fight, maybe? Maybe. 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 I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Or no, I think uh, with Mario, you can do two-player? That sounds right. I I feel like I've heard about it before. That's why. Was it Balloon Fight? I feel like that. Maybe. Maybe. We're terrible video game journalists right now. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual um, console games that came yeah. out a while ago are not my forte. And uh, I saw someone mention on Twitter that with 
uh, today's release of Mega Man 2, that since the since Super Mario Brothers came out as a non-ambassador game on the virtual console last year, there have now been more NES games than Game Boy games released over like the past year. <laughs> it's like 19 to 18 or something. Oh. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing like as I find myself buying Mega Man 2 for like the fourth or fifth time where, you know, I kind of want to play Game Boy games on my on my 3DS and I want to play NES games and stuff on my Wii U. And instead I'll be playing Game Boy Advance games on my Wii U <laughs> and NES games on my 3DS. It's it's kind of backwards. Yeah. Maybe they just like swap the title cards by accident. Yeah. Like... <laughs> They're like, "Oh no, we already pressed the button." Yeah. I guess Game Boy Advance games are coming out on Wii U. Too late to change it now. Yeah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Let's try to get that Rayman game locked up. Oh shit. <sighs> We already pushed that button, too. Stop bringing up bad memories. (laughs) (laughs) I've already repressed those. (laughs) Uh, So let's bring up a mildly decent memory. That's Kokuto Alien Brick Breaker. I'm reviewing that right now. I I don't have too much to say about it, except for you were Kokuto, and you were shooting aliens in a breakout-style fashion. This this is Kokuto's first adventure on the eShop, right? On 3DS. I, I know he was he was all over fucking WiiWare. <laughs> was he ever on DSiWare? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I care. <laughs> but, it's I mean, this, this actually doesn't seem that bad from what I've played. I just kind of got got put to the back burner as other things came up, like the Skylander stuff and junk like that. Yeah. Um, but expect more on that in a review on the site in the next week or so. And then, so Tokyo Crash Mobs. Has been Nintendo's big eShop release recently. Also, their strangest game, eShop release. Yeah, that game is batshit insane. I, I I've only completed I think seven levels, and I'm just amazed at how strange it is. It is it is so weird. Like I I don't even know if I can accurately put into words how weird Tokyo Crash Mobs is. Well, there's these cutscenes that play in between every single level. And, and they're they, all live action. And they're live action, and they don't make any sense whatsoever. It's I like, mean, I just think, I forget, I think it's Savannah and Grace. I forget which I think one. you're right. Which one's which. But there's one in which, uh, it, I mean, it's it's Zuma or Magnetica or Puzzle Loop or whatever you want to call it. That's what the game is, except for instead of, like, balls and a frog, you're people throwing people. Um, and one of them is that you are trying to clear out all the people online in front of you. So that way you can be one of the 10 people to get into this exclusive club because like whichever girl it is just hates being on the outside of trends. So you have these really weird live action things with like Japanese people in like mono color suit or like one, one color suits, like just like walking weirdly and being like, I'm going to get in line in front of you. And the other one is that like, I think the setup is that this girl is going to school and she's really stressing out and not doing that well. So she has these dreams in which people are trying to circle around her and press buttons that then put her in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> and this is all done live action. So like you have these and like they do these weird like hand motions and stuff like yeah. that. And there's they, they, I love they I love the loading. delusion now. <laughs> yeah, that's the loading screen. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I, I just recall the one the one um, cinematic where the girl's like on the ground drawing the track that the oh, uh, the guys would walk on, and she just looks like she's going crazy. 
just like oh engraving it into the ground. And I was just like, what is going on? It's fucking insane. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, this is I, just a Zuma game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing is like the gameplay is like, honestly, it's kind of shitty. But everything else around it, it's like the deadly premonition of Zuma games. <laughs> like it's it's like kind of like the gameplay isn't all there, but the setup, holy crap. Um, yeah. Then there's Ikachan, which is, uh, you know, from uh, Pixel, uh, the dude who made Cave Story. And I believe that the legacy of this game is that it was made in the middle of development on Cave Story. And it looks that. I mean, especially with the, the redone graphics by Nicholas. Um, it looks very, very similar to the Cave Story game that came out on 3DS um, last fall. And it's a really, really neat game as you control a, a squid who kind of looks like a blooper and you're underwater the whole time. So there's kind of a novel control mechanism where you're kind of going like sideways instead of like going up and down. And it kind of controls like Mario underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, then the game's over. It is interesting that you have to kind of constantly be focusing on what you are doing because you are kind of floating in the water. Yeah. So you constantly have to be maneuvering yourself in some way, shape, or form. Yep, Either yep. just trying to hover or kind of just going left or right. Yeah. I mean, like, I really enjoyed it. It's just that, I mean, it's another game like Gunman Clive where it just it's over in an hour. I kind of like and... this better than Gunman Clive. I guess, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where I feel like there should have been more to Ika-chan. Like, there was more potential with that kind of gameplay mechanic. Whereas with Gunman Clive, like, I felt like it built and ended in a reasonable progression. Whereas with Ika-chan, it's kind of like it builds, it builds, and then just stops. I feel with Ika-chan, there there are power-ups that you collect kind of like a Metroidvania sense throughout the game. but there's only two. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like there should have been more. Yeah. Like, it's I like think you like, get a oh, hat man. and then you can like just double the map of that game. And I don't think I'd really be that upset. No, I agree. But yeah. Eek chain. And he is adorable. Get... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and really, I mean, it's, it's, there's really fun characters and it does have that cave story vibe, which I like where it's like this kind of like this weird story where your character's an amnesiac, but the only way it feels like a trope is because it just feels exactly like Cave Story. <laughs> um, so now we're getting to the Wii U stuff. Balloon Fight, you get it for 30 cents? I, I did, because yeah. who doesn't? Everyone I should. Mean, I think some people didn't on principle or some shit, but for me, 30 cents, like, yeah. whatever. I played that game for 20 minutes. Guess what? Worth it. If you put any money on the eShop, you probably have 30 cents left <laughs> over in tax from something or other. So the best is that I had, I had to put money on the eShop. Because oh, no. <laughs> it was the kind of thing where I'm like, really? I don't have any leftover money? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only like 32 cents with the tax on yeah. the 30 cents. Um, I mean, definitely worthwhile. I can't wait for F-Zero. And then, you know, the basically every other game except for this until <laughs> we get to Yoshi and Donkey Kong. I, I may there's skip like, Yoshi. I may skip is that this, one. There is this fucking fantastic progression of games where it's like balloon fight and you're kind of like eh and like oh F-Zero is really cool and like punch out Kirby and then fucking Super Metroid <laughs> like I mean we're talking about progression in games like that is a wonderful progression of virtual console like trial cheap ass games where like balloon fight no one's really that excited about they're kind of excited about the idea of the virtual console being there and then F-Zero like more people get excited and then just builds and builds and builds until Super Metroid and then you just have two shitty games and that round out the back half 
Yeah. I had a crazy dream the other night where these were all actually really great games. Like Super Metroid was still there, but then there was other stuff like the cave and puddle that were just on there <laughs> for 30 cents. <laughs> I would have I would have taken I think maybe literally any other game other than Yoshi and Donkey Kong because <laughs> I don't think I'll get either one mainly because like with Balloon Fight like I really like Balloon Trip. It's fun. With Yoshi like I played that game when I was younger and didn't really understand what a good puzzle game was. Do you think they made and, those choices because of Nintendo Land where people might make that connection between them? Maybe. Cuz yeah, I guess I guess if you do think about it, all of the virtual console games have, well, the Kirby one doesn't. Yeah. And now they're just punch out. Okay, so that, there's a wrench in that idea. <laughs> but Yoshi, maybe that's yeah. the reason for Yoshi. Yeah. Just that one. There's no other yep. reason. <laughs> yeah, because I guess there's there might be fruit in that. I don't know. I don't know. Why would they so, put Yoshi on there? So Puddle, um, I know when we talked about this before, uh, I don't know if our conversation was directly on a podcast, but I know you talked about it and what you've been playing last week. Yeah, I talked about it. Um, my opinion in this game went up a lot higher once I had to play it more, but I still don't think it's that great. It's not perfect, but I still stand by that I like it better than Fluidity just because of the variety of gameplay elements that you uh, do throughout it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to say, like, when you're starting off as just water, like, that game kind of sucks. Yeah. And, and like, the physics are just not good right at the beginning. Yeah. You're like, that, really, like, that game's, like, first, like, 40 minutes to an hour is pretty assy. <laughs> but... Then as you go through it, you're you're starting to do more interesting stuff. Where there's like you know there's a zero gravity section, your rat goo, um, your fucking nitroglycerin. There's a really cool level where it's like that graph paper diagram. And yeah, that you're was cool. Bringing f- fuel to a rocket. Did you get to um, be the uh, the alloy that freezes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that concept was really cool. Where to push a lever, you have to kind of move into a corner where there's no heat, so you cool yourself off and you become more of a yep. solid, and then run into it. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that, I mean, in direct comparison to fluidity, like I like having that more organic way of changing your, your, uh, your state, yeah. your water, because in fluidity, it's just kind of like go over to that thing and then press a button and you'll turn into an ice cube. Hmm. Um, which I guess in some respects, you know, that, that makes it kind of, you know, more straightforward, but it would be nicer where it's like, go over into this cold area and then you'll freeze. Hmm. Um, I really like the levels that weren't, necessarily just fluids either like they put you inside of a snow globe yeah or the beaker level too yeah the beaker was cool um where you know you have a beaker and you need to move the liquid in it and not tip over yeah but i Um, I think it's definitely worth it for those that uh need something to play on their wii u because you won't be getting anything at the end of this Uh, month (laughs) well you will there will be some more eShop games. yeah but but no rayman man cannot exist on eShop alone (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes man needs a big retail game. Pull the tide. Um, sometimes man needs fucking Rayman Legends. God damn it, Ubisoft. <laughs> um, the Cave, though, is a game that... I don't know. I, I'll i be honest. I'm not going to fucking play this game. There's a demo of it now, so you should definitely I, check I actually... <laughs> I have the demo downloaded. <laughs> You're just as it's bad just as that, me with Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Well, I mean... I guess I'm probably worse because I've had that demo downloaded for like two weeks. Oh, that is bad. <laughs> well, I guess now I think it only came out last week. So I've had that demo downloaded for a week. And it just, because uh, when I was playing Puddle, it was like, do I want to install this? No, I'm just going to play this game. 
And like Lauren was watching Netflix and it's, uh, she was like, it's saying, should I install this? And I'm like, well, if you want to wait like five minutes, and she's like, well, I don't. I'm like, then just watch Netflix. <laughs> you should definitely um, check it out though. Oh, because... I, I will totally play the demo, but from everything that I've heard and read about this game, I do not think it is for me. And that's mainly because I, I've never really been a big fan of adventure games. I think it might've been you who made the comment about Zack and Wiki. And then I remembered how I didn't really care for that game that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and then I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I probably won't care for the cave. I just, I don't really like adventure games. Mm-hmm. That, that's about but, it. Yeah. So have you, have you uh, beaten the game yet? I, I did beat it. I beat it my first time through. Um, I guess I should kind of make a, uh, clarification last week i think i said on your second playthrough you get to skip the generic puzzles oh you do not yeah i've heard that i i was going off a tweet and then i researched it more and then the person who tweeted it was incorrect <laughs> so yeah can't do that which is a bummer which kind of hampered my choice to go back and play it a second time yeah. so i probably won't that sucks yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's part of the reason why i'm not interested in the game yeah but uh, that is that is the eShop stuff for January. And, uh, you know, give us some feedback. Hit us up at connectivity at antennareleport.com. Let us know what you thought of this segment. Um, maybe we'll do it once a month. Maybe we'll do it more regularly than that. Because I know this is something that's kind of going to be a big part of the Nintendo ecosystem as we go forward. Especially when there are no fucking games yeah. coming out for the home console. Until, Where eShop's like, basically all we get. Yeah. 3DS is real cool, though, so check that out. Yeah. If you All don't right. want to send us an email, you could also just tell us at PAX East. Yeah, yeah, come to PAX East. See us in the Arachnid Theater on Sunday, March 24th. That is the same day that Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon come, comes out, and we might be giving away a copy of that to some lucky winner on Who Wants to Be a Nintendo Air at 11 o'clock in the Arachnid Theater on Sunday, March 24th. Also, uh, RFM panel is 11 o'clock, also in the Arachnid Theater, but on Saturday. And I will also be appearing on, uh, I will keep on forgetting the name of the panel. <laughs> I believe it is uh, something on independent games journalism. Uh, I think it's 1030 on Friday. Oh, so man. Come check I, that out, I have out to be too. there then. <laughs> I have to wake <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I will, I will be repping Nintendo Force and probably talk a little Nintendo World Report as well. So come check it out. Um, thanks you for listening. Yep. See ya. Bye.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today, I'm joined by Zach Miller. <laughs> that was something. And Andy Gergen. Welcome back to me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while. Well, I don't know. When was the last time you were on? It hasn't been that long. Well, I did. It? I did Millionaire like a week, a week oh, yeah, or two ago, but that was that's always its own its own kind of thing. Yeah, it's a little different than like sitting down and talking with people. It's a little less chatty. A little, little more uh, high st- high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't fuck around. Nah, man. Which, speaking of, PAX East, come see us do uh, Who Wants to Be Nintendo Air Live. I look forward to listening uh, yeah. after, after after the fact via RSS feed. Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe we'll do, like, FaceTime and you can just watch or something. You know, you know what's really not conducive to going to any video game events ever? Living anywhere besides, like, Where it is. the East Coast or the West Coast or Chicago. Yeah, uh, living you live, in, like right in the middle of the country, which is no pu- good. In order to pull it off, I'd have to because we, we have we have the baby. We have to drive to Omaha to drop the baby off with the family, and then either drive back to Chicago, which is like seven hours, or fly out of Omaha, which costs three times more. So, yep, awesome. <laughs> have fun at Pax <laughs> Yay, <together>. Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it should be a good time, and, and Andy, you'll be there in spirit. I mean, I this will. is. I mean, you you created the that that game, so. I yeah I uh, I feel really really proud that it's going to the big leagues. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun. We're gonna have to like figure out the logistics of everything. I hope we can like mess with the lights and like you know like turn the lights down when the, when someone's competing up at the you know it's actually up on the stage. It's actually really unfortunate that I can't be there because I have actually run a game of Millionaire before live in front of a crowd. <laughs> I've done it before. Well, that is most unfortunate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but well, uh, I I, use, I, I we'll... used Winamp to run all the sounds through through a speaker system. Oh, nice! That's awesome. So this was this must have been like the early two thousands then, right? It would have been in ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah. Oof! Beautiful. It was in my dorm. <laughs> That's awesome. It was a good time. Maybe we'll download one app just for this. Um. Sure. All right. So this segment, not all about just talking about Pax East. Um, we're gonna do some listener mail. Yay! Uh, we've got three. We've got yeah. We've got three emails here. Um, about a little bit of everything. So. Uh, we'll go through those and have a great time. So I'll go ahead and read the first one. Um, it starts, Hello, I've been listening since last year, and I really love your show. It feels professional, but also fun at the same time. Keep up the good work, smiley face. I call that fun-fessional. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a type of cupcake? So here's my question. <laughs> With all the good news we got from last week's Direct, I want to reverse it a bit. I know that we're all Nintendo fans, but is there a time when you get so frustrated that you started to rampage and or curse or hate Nintendo because they did something stupid? P.S. I really love the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire portion. I looked stupid laughing by myself while on a bus ride. Where can I download by the program for the sound effects, by the way? Haha. Ha. And that's from Xanthus. Um, um, I well, the sound probably. effects... Well, I think Mike just found like a torrent of all the sound effects, and um, I mean purchased <laughs> them legally. I would, so, yeah. So we we just we just have yeah. a shared folder on the on our Dropbox with like every single every single like musical cue. I mean, we don't even use them all. It, it gets really in depth. I'm almost positive that you can buy we, it on iTunes. There was a CD at some point. So do we have do we have pregnant ladies screaming? No, I don't think we do. But we <laughs> we're, we're we're really missing out. We don't we don't quite have the the angle to get that in there. But we could find a way. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. both of you had opportunities to get that to, but, to record uh, our own. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
We fucked up. I really missed out like not doing a podcast from the hospital. I really should have probably. That would have been off. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would have gone over really well. And I'm here yeah, with my probably. wife Kelly. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so just look around online if you want to buy them from iTunes. I, I bet they're up there or just like we did, just find a tour. But it's awesome. <laughs> Everything, every little musical cue, it, it's so great. Uh, but to the first question, I don't know. I'd have to think about it a second. Is there, Zach, you seem more prone to just like blind rage. I, yeah. I would think there's been a point where you've just been like, fuck Nintendo. I'm done with this. I'm just going to start playing with dinosaur toys all the time. Remember, uh, remember E3 <laughs> last year? Uh, yeah. I showed off Nintendo Land for like a half hour. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to. I was ready to end it right there. I think we all were. Um, but Zach, you ended up loving that game, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my pile of games to sell. You, um, you, you loved something. You loved the trade credit it brought you. I really, at the very that, least, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, otherwise, I can't. You know, I don't know. Nintendo does something stupid every quarter, so. I mean, if if you go into a blind rage about Nintendo every time they do something dumb, you're going to be mad a lot of the time. Um, the last time I got mad, I guess, was when I saw the quarter one release schedule for this year. Um, uh, you know, it's disappointing. But again, blind rage, rarely with Nintendo. I mean, you get to a point where you're just, when you're 30 and you've been a Nintendo fan since you were 10... You get to a point where yep. you're not angry anymore. You're just disappointed. Yeah. Well, you you understand that even if things suck, things will eventually be cool again because that's been the roller coaster ride you've been on for so long. Right. Uh, things have sucked before, and then eventually things got kind of cool again. And you have to trust. If you if you bought a Wii U in the last three months, you did it because you mm-hmm. have to trust that eventually you will be happy you did. Yes. And you've been and you've been a fan long enough that that's paid off in the past. I um, haven't for, turned on my Wii U in I don't even know how long. You know, Probably I since I found, before I went to Hawaii. I find myself powering it on, thinking I'll find something to play, and then maybe firing up Nano Assault Neo for like thirty to forty seconds, <laughs> and then powering it off and thinking, no, that doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. Um, like I, I think my average playtime on the Wii U from like power on to power off is probably in the last two months. Like two and a half to three minutes. Yeah. After I finished Zombie U, and I, you know I put I put some time into Mario, but it's like the thirty fifth Mario game I've played, and the fifteenth <laughs> I played in the last three years. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I find that my irritation. I play my three DS more. And I haven't touched my three DS in months. Oh, I, get fire! Em- get fire emblem. Get I'm, gun I'm, Clive. I'm planning. On, hey, I have Gun Clive, and I like it, but it's not compelling me to pick the system up. It's and oh. part of it's maybe it's just because I keep it charged by my bed, and therefore I I never want to I never think to touch it except for when I'm laying in bed, and then I'm asleep within five, fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, same I I'm, I'm tempted to pick up a, a 3ds XL. <laughs> Shut up, Zach. I'm tempted to pick it's up a tough. 3ds XL just because I kind of really I've kind of kind of come to the conclusion that I really don't like the um the feel of the 3ds controls. I think the D-pad is too stiff. Oh yep. yeah, um, dude. Once you get it, if you get an XL, it's like, why did they ever release this first one? Yeah, you'll never well, go back. I, I find myself going through the thought process of, man, I'd love to play some of these virtual console games on my gamepad. Ooh, like like Mega Man, that'd be fun. And then I think, well, no, I just bought Mega Man on 3DS. I should just play it on there. And then I think to myself, well, why am I not playing it on there if I have <laughs> it? And the answer always comes down to, I don't want to play it on that gamepad. It's just not. That's why I never played my original PSP, because it wasn't fun to play, because I don't, didn't like the feel of the D-pad. 
And the 3DS is kind of the same way. I like the circle pad a lot. The D-pad, not so much. So the classic games aren't aren't fun to me. They don't they don't feel they don't feel fun. So I, I I've played with, with the 3DS XL enough to know that it's got a much better control. It's like a set of controls. Oh yeah. So, one of these days, I'm almost certain I'm going to upgrade. I, uh, I tried to, I tried to mention to my wife because it was on sale for 170 at Best Buy last week. Nice. And I thought, ooh, you know, I could sell my original for 100 for 100, and I just got to, you know, 70 bucks. I, I I have 70 bucks I could spend on it right now. So I tried to run it by the wife at, at, at dinner last week, and I was like, I think I want to get a 3DS XL. And she was like, What can it do that your your 3DS can't? And I was like, Well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, stop ruining my dreams, mom, Nothing. and then you ran to your room. She's like, I probably don't need one. I know I don't need one. That's not why I buy video games. You it's don't get me at all. It doesn't hurt my hands when I hold it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, eventually, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll probably we'll pick one up. I'm tell, kind her, of... tell her that $170 now will easily be offset by the bills you're not paying later in life for arthritis. Absolutely. Medication um, and appointments. Back to the question, I, I find that my my frustration and dislike of Nintendo is pretty much inversely proportional to the success that they're having. Um, I found myself getting into a lot of arguments with, with um, Nintendo fans back in like 2006, 2007, 2008, when the Wii was doing really, really well. And there were people out there that were just like praising every decision that they made, like voice chat. We don't even want voice chat. Why would we even (laughs) think to put voice chat in a video game? And I kept thinking, well, why would you want to play online without it? It's it's silly. Um, but then as Nintendo's success has sort of tapered off over the last two to three years, I found myself going the other way around, where if I find that people are being too critical of them, I tend to, I tend to step up to defend them like it's somehow my job to protect them from the bullies of the internet. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I found my, posi- my, my position has changed considerably from the beginning of the of this generation to today. And honestly, I think most of that just has to do with my reaction to fanboys in general i hate them um i tend to take i take a moderate position on everything i take a position on for the most part so i don't know i i found like early on when the wii was doing gangbusters and they could do no wrong i found myself being really frustrated with a lot of their decisions specifically with with like relation to the 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 lack of an account system the drm with your downloads you know if your system breaks you don't have a lot of recourse except for to you know, beg Nintendo for help. Um, the lack of uh, voice chat on online play. When I heard that Smash Brothers was going to have online play without voice chat, I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, what what really got me riled up, though, was when I heard that uh, if you had a disconnect in Smash Brothers, the computer was just going to take over the, the player and keep going. Basically, what, what that amounted to is that online play essentially amounted to nothing more than just... <laughs> a computer player with a difficulty of a random like <laughs> there's and no really and really laggy even but, you know even even taking the lag out of, out of the picture because yeah it ended up being kind of unplayable and i didn't play enough to really even really have a problem with that because the three or four times i tried to play online it actually worked okay um but no, the fact of the matter is playing playing smash brothers without the ability to trash talk your opponent is useless yeah. But that's the fun of the game is all of the crazy things that happen and laughing with your with the other players when they die. You know and, what I was really excited about the prospect of, and of course it never came to fruition, but was playing with just like a friend locally, uh, 
online like 2v2 like i used to like my yeah. friend we used to play halo 2 uh two versus two all the time online like him and i'd be in the same room split screen and play against two random people yeah and we would just talk so much shit to those people i mean it was just the greatest time and when i saw that you could do that in smash Bros. like we were so hyped and then of course it was just completely useless and didn't work sure. and yeah it never panned out but that that i think would be cool i like the idea of like teaming up locally in the same room with a friend and then just beating the shit out of two random people online and Every single time I hear anyone talk about Animal Crossing, I get angry because I remember and, – and I haven't found a transcript, so it's possible I'm mistaken, although I'm never mistaken. <laughs> I, I, seem, I seem to recall that when they first pimped the online functionality of the Wii in front of a crowd at some E3 like back in like 2006 or 2007, one of the things they specifically gave an example for was how it would impact Animal Crossing. Um, the idea being that Animal Crossing exists in this sort of living, breathing world that you have that even when you're not playing goes on without you. So when you I play Animal that. Crossing, you're dropping into a world. Well, with Wii Connect 24, that was supposed to take that sort of 24-7 experience and bring it online. And I, I could swear one of the examples they gave was that you'd be able to play people play with play with your friends in Animal Crossing even when they weren't playing. Because the system was online, so theoretically, you could visit their town even if they weren't there. Yeah, I think you're right. Every single time they've brought out an Animal Crossing and the online functionality is what it is, I just get annoyed because, guys, there there is a cloud for this kind of thing. I should be able to specify which friends can visit my town, and I shouldn't have to be playing for them to do so. My -hmm. town should be a place people can visit even if I don't have my, my, my game on. Because then... I have reason to go back and check because who knows what's happened since I've been gone. It's not just Trudy the elephant, you know, wanting a sweater. It's, you know, Scott drops in and, you know, plants a few trees and leaves me a note on my board. Like, there's a lot more reason to come back to the game if people can check out your town without you giving them explicit permission by setting up a meeting at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of like what Nate and I had set up with uh, Dolphin using the GameCube. Yeah, uh, that original was, Animal Crossing that you you part you partook of for a little bit. I played for a little bit. It was a lot of fun. It was a bit of a hassle to get it going, but yeah, that's what Animal Crossing needs to be. And every time they put out an Animal Crossing game that's not that, I just get more and more frustrated. Right. It brings me back to those 2006 2007 forum posts when I was just getting in fights with, with fanboys all the time. I actually got I pretty much had to ban myself from a from a. Not a prominent, but maybe a somewhat prominent uh, Nintendo fan blog because I could not stop getting in, into fights, <laughs> <laughs> which pretty much directly led to my uh, involvement at NWR because I would bitch about it on Twitter and eventually Lindy started bitching back at me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I get frustrated about very much. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty even keel. Like it doesn't, you know, the last E3 when, you know, not very much was announced, it didn't bother me. Like we know eventually there's going to be a 3D Mario and there's going to be Smash Brothers yep. and all the other games we love. You know, I, I don't need everything front-loaded. I, every year I don't need to be reminded that those things are coming. Well, so, they reminded you at the Nintendo Direct. They did. They, they felt the pressure to do so, and they did it. And that's great. You know, it's cool to know those things are coming. But, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me either way. I mean, there's other things to play. There's other things to do. You know, like my life doesn't revolve around Nintendo releasing. No, that's true. A Metroid, a Mario, a Mario Kart—you know, no. every, every, everything every year. Like it's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm a little afraid that after since that direct happened, that we're not going to get any surprises at E3 or even at all in the next like year or so. Like that's the fun part of covering video games is the new is the reveals. Were you, and were you there I have a feeling, last year, Andy? Did you watch it last year? 
We didn't the get any E3? new shit then either. Well, yeah, no, really. I know, but every year I get my hopes up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think I think this year I can already just plan on not even bothering to get my hopes up. But it's E3, so I will. And, you know, I don't know. They'll, they'll show screenshots of Smash Brothers. I was excited yeah. about, about Yoshi just because it wasn't an obvious announcement. Like Mario Kart and, and 3D Mario. Like, those are so such... You know, and... and very vague details about a Zelda game that's four years out. Like those are things that I've heard them say so many times before that. Right, and it's I, it's meaning it's meaningless right now. There's no yeah, context. I know they're coming, and I know I'll play them, and I know I'll enjoy them, but they're not surprising, and I want to be surprised. And Yoshi qualifies. Um, yeah. I don't really care about uh, Fire Emblem Shin Megami Tensei, but it's nice to see that that genre is being covered. I mean, that's um, just amazing. Like, what a what a crazy crossover. Like, yeah. I don't know what that finished product is going to be like, but that's like, I mean, that's a total bombshell. See, this is the kind of stuff we'd get at E3. Like, right. I'm fine with the Nintendo Direct saying, like, oh, yeah, Mario, Mario Kart, all that. But, but yeah, like, these these are the things you'd expect to just show up at the end of, like, the E3 conference and just shock people. You know, there's that's still no kind of, on. you know, I'm, oh, sorry, Andy, go ahead. I said, there's still no, still no word on F-Zero, Metroid, um, a lot of other properties that they could, you know, they could bring back um no no new kirby game you know there's still a lot of still a lot of things they could do that would be surprising other than the the, the regular standby so, yeah you know star fox well you 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 uh, uh scott brings up good point they usually would talk about the city three which is a little bit you know i think it's true and it makes me wonder like how long ago did they make those screenshots of yoshi and wind waker you know yeah did did they do that in the last few months or the last few weeks know what i mean yeah yeah the uh the yoshi one in particular is so the, the style is so identical to, to kirby that makes yard. you feel it makes you feel like that just got the, the screenshot got rushed just yeah. so they could have something to show yeah i wouldn't doubt if that game's still a little ways out and if that while it's still going to be built around the concept of yarn like i think it will look a little different because you're right i mean it looks like the same engine it know, looks identical unquote. i mean you, yeah. it looks like they just swapped uh, they built a yoshi out of yarn and put him into the game right the, the game the game that already exists and i loved that game I, I i you know i don't know how anxious i am to go back and play another one right away but i really did i, mean, I rented it i didn't buy it i liked it i you know i don't know you made the right choice i really it. i really loved it i i marathoned it because at, at the time Neil and I were talking about doing some re-reviews, taking games that got like really high scores and maybe re-evaluating them like a year later. Um, so I marathoned through the game, but the concept kind of fell through. We just didn't have enough time to put it out. So I actually wrote oh, yeah. a little review of that game a year after it came out that never got published. What'd you uh, give it? I don't think I gave it a 10, maybe a 9.5. I've never, <laughs> I've never given a 10 of, of, of any game I've reviewed. Um, but I think that game got about, got about as high as any score I've given, which would, would have been a 9.5. Yeah, it's a good game it for made, what it is. It made me feel so happy. <laughs> um, I will say though, if I if I can retroactively like curse or be angry at Nintendo, I'm upset that things fell through with Sony at the end of the Super Nintendo's lifespan, leading <laughs> into the N64. I mean, how great would that be if they had stuck together? Can you imagine those two working together? What, what would have happened if PlayStation had never existed? That seems so crazy to think about, isn't it? Like, you probably still have Sega as a major player because there wouldn't have been that major partner eating up all the market share. Yeah. Microsoft may have come in eventually, but honestly, I'm not so sure. With, if PlayStation doesn't come in, maybe maybe Microsoft doesn't either. Yeah, That's I don't know. True. And, no, and I like, just read an article today that said that uh, <coughs> an Xbox Microsoft executive says they got into the console 
business just to try and stop Sony's uh, uh, hardware takeover. Sure, yeah, just yeah. like brand brand growth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. And then you have to wonder: the PlayStation was like this, like bastion of just weird, quirky games because it was so cheap to produce games for the playstation and while it would be cheap to produce games for a cd-based nintendo console like if that's what the n64 had been i just don't know that nintendo would have been as like welcoming and encouraging to these kind of like like parappa the rapper or like stuff like tomb raider and stuff you think see i don't know i mean there was a lot of weird stuff i think they might be now more than they would back then back then they were they had so many weird rules and restrictions with publishing and now now we have things like ikachan and cave story hitting up i mean the downloadable platforms alone have been a bastion for nintendo's relationship with independent developers true yeah so i just i just wonder like you know it just i just think things would be so different now i mean it really was like a turning point like in the yep. history of video games, like you can look to the NES reviving video games after you know the Atari and everything sort of crashed, and then I think that is like a, a huge turning point in an yeah, alternate universe that really did happen. Yeah, it did. That they stayed together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to know what that. I want to write some like speculative fiction of what that would be like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in an alternate sure. in an alternate universe, the <laughs> Philips CDI two was the next big thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the Dreamcast still goes away quickly. Yeah, the still dies a year and a half later. Aww. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting, but I, I would, I would have loved if they could have stayed together. So that's retroactively. But no, I, I don't get mad now. It's, it's neither here nor there. There's plenty of stuff in life to enjoy. It's hard to get video games or otherwise. It's hard to get mad. Like I, I don't play enough video games. I don't play them frequently enough or, or, or um, long enough to really get mad that there's not enough of them to play. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm not I'm not mainlining 60 hour RPGs. Like I'm scared to death to even bother with Xenoblade because I have a bad feeling I know what's going to happen. I'm going right. to love it for five hours and then I'm never going to touch it again because I'm going to put it down and then just forget it for a week yep. and then that'll be that. You um, know what's weird about Xenoblade though? Honestly, you could play just five hours of it and that could be all you play and and you'll still really love and appreciate the game. You're probably right. Like, like honestly, I think that's kind of the experience Neil had. Like he yeah. I think he put about 10 hours in. Didn't necessarily want to stop because there's anything wrong with the game. Just something came up and like I think he's like oddly content with that. You know, like he yeah. it's just such a good well-made game. I have I, found I, uh, I I bought a new TV after Christmas with some uh, some holiday cash. And now that I have a bigger TV, I'm finding that like my desire to go back and play some of these uh, old HD games on my PS3 and 360 is really is ramping up there. Like mm. there's just, like playing playing like Assassin's Creed and, and Batman Arkham City on like a 26 inch TV was always just kind of hard to want to do because you had yeah. to squint to see anything or move three feet closer to the TV to really like read yeah. the, read the mini map. But now I'm able to comfortably sit back and play these games, and that's part of. I think it's one of the reasons I enjoyed Far Cry 3 so much was just because it was my first gaming experience on like a. a Maybe not a huge TV. It's like a, I have a forty incher, but it's still like it's comfortably big. Mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like that's like the sweet spot. Forty inches is probably perfect. I, I, I had that same experience. The, the first time I got a HD TV, I got an HD TV and a PS3, and the first game I played was Mirror's Edge. Oh. And like, I just remember like it blowing me away because like, it's choice. just such, it's like a clean, yeah, just like real like vibrant looking game. Yep. And I, I remember really uh, really enjoying that. It's making me want to play games more, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I, I was kind of going through a drive. I, I would say in 2012, I did not play very many. I played Assassin's Creed 2, put maybe like 15 to 20 hours into that, and I really enjoyed it. But I would start other games and, and really just fade on them. Like I tried Arkham City, and I wasn't feeling it. And I tried the, uh, the next Assassin's Creed game, and I didn't really get very far into that. And I was just kind of just done playing games for a while because playing them on that TV wasn't, it wasn't any fun anymore. 
Um, do you ever um do you ever play Valkyria Chronicles for the PS3? No. You should get that. It's it's kind of cartoony like anime, but that that was like the next game I played on my my yeah. HDTV and I loved that. It, it it's I think it's my favorite PS3 game. Um okay. especially I I don't know yeah, for sure. I I mean it depends your mileage of very if if you enjoy sort of like tactical role-playing games. Um but if you can get into that, I think it's a gorgeous game and I I think it's actually really great. Fair enough. I like into Silvaria. It. I'm kind of hoping you, can probably, you ma- can probably find it for really cheap, or it'll be really crazy expensive depending on what the pressing was at well, the time. Well, maybe sure. it will be free on PlayStation Plus. Ah, <laughs> uh, probably not, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. Well, I think let's move on to our next. Uh, well, this this one's not a question, but we'll read it anyway because it's an email, and we don't get a ton of those unfortunately. <laughs> so well, let's read it. It's a little bit. We've already kind of addressed Nintendo Direct, but this is Lucas eighty five's um, just just impressions of the Nintendo Direct and how it's excited him. He says, "Hi guys, looking forward to hearing the podcast. It has become one of my favorite podcasts for Nintendo discussions. I was really surprised with the Wii U Direct. It was like a mini E three. Hell, even better than last year's full E3. Hell yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a good way to start my day. I'm super excited about the new Monolith game. Yes, me too. I was hoping to see something of that game in the Wii U Direct, and I got it. I'm also happy that Wind Waker is going HD with new graphical style and wonderful 101 looks, well, wonderful. And oh my god, 3D Mario, Smash Brothers, and Mario Kart E3. I'm on the hype train now. And that's just what Lucas says. I think he was so excited he forgot to include a question in there anywhere. But that's, <laughs> that's fine. fine. He, if you just want to email us and tell us things you're excited about, tell us about your day, you know, we'll read them. We'll the read answer them. to your question is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I am also but, um, excited about all the things you are excited about. Yeah, for sure. I'm not excited. Well, okay. I, I'm provisionally excited about Mario Kart. Yeah, I Mario Kart might be a, a, a depends. My my wife might just want us to get it because she likes Mario Kart games, but she hardly even touched Mario Kart Wii. Yeah. Um, I honestly like they and I, I've gotten some I've gotten some flack for saying this on Twitter because I don't know why. Maybe it's a controversial opinion at this point, but if like Mario Kart Seven and Mario Kart Wii were such like distilled versions of that franchise, like with the white menus, it just felt like this is as pure of an element as Mario Kart is. It's like, if Mario Kart was a rare element, this is the purest version of that element. <laughs> like, there's no double dash spoiling the formula. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's nothing crazy going on. It's no, just... Uh, no Mario Kart DS with the mission-based stages. Oh, those are, those are fun, too. Right? Yeah, like, like if, if it's just Mario Kart Wii in HD with maybe a few new, like a few new small scale features like man that's going to be a hard sell for me yeah that's how i feel i mean especially after um the latest like sonic racing game yeah yeah i still um, need to get that you know yeah, what, it, you know what would be an excellent good. mario kart game would be a mario kart versus sonic racing game how about that mario just kart. made by made by made by that team who made the i can't remember the team who made it could, that be, sonic it, game. It could be a collaboration they could they could mario. you know work to, work together on it and just mario take some elements X of both sonic and, extreme racing <laughs> God. but yeah I, I think they have to do something to kind of shake it up because i think this is sort of like a a turning point for mario kart or like th- this is the point where you can't just release the same thing i think i mean there's yeah. been so many iterations now across every single platform over the past few years that like this is where something new has to happen i mean just, I just make so. it just make it diddy kong racing but with yes. the mario kart characters like i would love that when uh Duplicate when the gamecube sonic racing transformed wholesale yeah, sure. Why not? 
when uh <laughs> when the GameCube was was going strong, I had a, I had a sort of a theory in my head that like the GameCube was to the N64 as the Super NES was to the NES, which is to say the NES sort of pioneered this like really polished um stri- sprite-based side-scrolling gaming, and the Super NES evolved on that with, you know, sure. better sprites and whatnot. Sure. And then the N64 sort of had the same revolution, or same sort of, it, you know, it pioneered the the, the polygonal-based 3D-style games, and then the GameCube evolved on that. And so when the GameCube came out, and they had to figure out what to do to release um, their standard franchise titles on that platform, I think, at, at the time, I felt like they felt they couldn't just make Mario 64, but with better resolution and they couldn't mm-hmm. just make Mario Kart 64, but with higher, you know, higher polygon count. And yeah. that's why we got wind waker, which had a drastically different art style. And that's why we got Metroid in first person. And that's why we got Mario with a water gun. Because I was they say, and then even, even those main franchises, they had weird additions. Like yeah, double dash the, 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 and, the game. Yeah. yeah. Mario Kart had, had double dash. So the GameCube was a platform where they took all of their main franchises and they, they did something to the, the, the gameplay to make it, you know, fairly fundamentally different. Maybe not like a drastically different, but you know, fundamentally there was a change there. And then when we got to Wii, they went right back the other direction and Still purified back. everything. You know, Galaxy may be an exception because Galaxy definitely was an evolution on, you know, what what they had already done before, and they pushed it a little bit further with the, with the circular worlds. But you know, Mario Kart. Really? Um, I, I would say. I mean. Well, I don't know, maybe. In a lot of ways, Mario Mario Galaxy is closer to Mario sixty four than Sunshine is, but at least mm-hmm. at least it still had that something different about it. Right. Um, Mario Kart Wii took away everything that made Double Dash unique. Uh, Metroid Prime three was just Metroid Prime one and two with a new maps. I mean, it was a good game, yeah. a great game, but it was still very much more the same. Um, I don't know. I, I I and you know the I guess I was gonna say the the Star Fox game was the same, but they didn't even have a Star Fox game. Um, and I, I never, yeah, I, I never know. played a soul on the GameCube. Maybe it was fun. I don't know. No. But I don't Did know. Play. Um, what was the the DS one? Oh, uh, what was the DS? Star one? Fox Command. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was pretty different. You know, that was way different. That was it was interesting. I liked that game. And, and maybe maybe they felt like because the GameCube wasn't a, wasn't like a smash hit console that that strategy didn't work for them. Um, and you know maybe they're from from a financial perspective maybe they're right. From a creative perspective, I think that the first-party titles in the GameCube are some of Nintendo's best. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like that was my favorite console when it came out. It's still my favorite console because of Metroid Prime, Wind Waker. I personally love Mario Sunshine. Um, they 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 had to they they felt the they felt compelled at the time to think differently about their main franchises, and I don't get that impression anymore at all. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, we use we use another generation for them to do something different. Yeah. Um, We'll see at E3 what we are working with. Yeah, I think this is going to be this generation, the you know, of hardware, the Wii U. This will be them sort of playing catch up in terms of like, I don't know, like extra stuff. You know, like I think the core games will remain the same, but it's all about you know, like having a suitable online infrastructure and yeah. DLC, having maybe? some sort of voice chat. Yeah, and doing DLC and like really stepping forward with like the extraneous like. I'll tell features. you, um, I'm loving the challenges in, in Mario U. I um oh yeah I, I don't always I don't always feel compelled to get up and play through the main campaign because it's getting more difficult, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll pick up the time trial and just try try racing through a level. The time trials are a lot of fun. I think it's a lot more fun than Coin Rush even because Coin well Coin Rush is all about beating your friends and Street Pass. 
there's no there's no incentive to really beat yourself because they don't have medals. I think Coin Rush could do wonders by just giving you a bronze, silver, and gold medal. Honestly, yeah. Um, the challenges in Mario, you do that, and it makes me want to replay them over and over again to get gold. I'm, I'm, and they're so quick, they're so bite sized. It's so easy exactly. just to like sit there and retry the same one uh, twenty times in ten minutes. Absolutely, know? I'm loving it. Yeah, it's perfect. That's totally like a mobile game mentality. Um, yes. And it works really well. Yeah, they need to do that. They need to do more of that kind of stuff. So, And then release an HD Zelda game. Yay. Anywho, let's move on to our third and final email. And I'm kind of excited about this one. This is an interesting question. Uh, he says, hello, cronies and connectivity. All right. We've all heard We've all heard about or possibly experienced parents who treat games as the next evolution of Elvis Presley's corrupting hips. Instead, I was curious as to how your families treat your hobby today since, ostensibly, we've grown, we're now grown as adults. I'm fortunate that mine see it as a, just another hobby. And then in parentheses, he writes, my dad builds and flies remote control airplanes after all. What about you, Dan in St. Louis? You know, I actually replied to this in the email. Um, you did, yeah. Because I had no expectation that I would actually be on the segment because I haven't been able to be on the segment because of scheduling issues. Uh, but, sure. But here I am, and so Dan's already heard my response, but I'll give my response on the podcast regardless. Um, my my parents, my mom specifically, she told me once upon a time um, several years ago, many years ago, that if she could do it all again, if she could raise me from scratch again, she would change two things. Uh, for First of all, she sent, she sent me to Catholic school. Uh, and and secondly, she would never have bought me that damn Nintendo. So uh, I think uh, I was fighting an uphill battle from the beginning. Um, they they tolerated it, um, but they've never loved it. Surprisingly, they've warmed up to it more recently because I actually bought them a Wii for Christmas. They really liked Wii Bowling a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, but they never use it. Like they, we, they, they've played Wii Bowling maybe a handful of times when family is over. When family's not over, they've they've never touched it. Sure, it's probably like packed away somewhere under the entertainment center. It's maybe there, but it's it's just like the batteries are dead every single time I want to use it while I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, the, it, the internet connection on it is like really like shielded from the Wi-Fi router, so it doesn't get a strong network signal, which makes it kind of hard to hook up to like Netflix when I'm when I'm staying the night over there. But anyway, right? Yeah, I don't know. For me, like um, my uh, my my like. Mom, I mean, just, uh, you know, I don't even know my dad, but my mom was, was pretty open to me playing video games when I was younger. Um, she got me my Sega Genesis um, when I was like, I don't know, six or seven. That was my first console, and I, I even was able to trick her into playing some games with me a few times. She, I, I was very, I don't know why I did this, but I, I had her play as Tails and Sonic 2 a few times with me, which, of course, was just pointless. I mean, she'd never played video games, and then she's playing a game where she's basically just trying to play catch-up the entire time, so she didn't have that much fun doing that, but we did play a few games of uh, Monopoly, actually. I had Monopoly for Genesis, yeah. and um, we did, we did. I think me, her, and my brother all sat around and played Monopoly on the Sega Genesis. That was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've just always had a, a console growing up, and she's always been perfectly fine with it, you know, never one of those things where she tells me to, you know, put it away and go outside and be a kid, you know, it's just kind of she always just left me to, to do what I wanted to do, so now yeah. that I'm an adult, I mean, it's no issue, I mean, yeah, I, I think she enjoys the fact that I write about things related to video games. And I started doing this a little bit more often than just like personally in my own blog or something. You know, I'd send her stories I wrote and she enjoyed that. And I think it's just anything that I enjoy and am able to, you know, be creative with, I, I think she's totally fine with it. So, yeah, I've had no uh, no issue whatsoever with that. So My, my I did parents ha- are the same way, like exactly the same way. Yeah. I, I did send, hand, them, hand them. I send them articles that I've written for the site that I think they'll like. That's awesome. 
I did hand my mom a DS with Brain Age once because she likes brain teasers, specifically like word word specific brain teasers. Um, plus, she was good at math, so I thought maybe she'd appreciate like the the fast math problem solving in Brain Age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she had problems with the handwriting recognition, and then uh. the, the the DS basically said she was stupid, and that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. You're stupid, and yeah. just throws it at the wall. I think she was personally offended by the Diaz, and she's like, y- "You can have it back now." <laughs> that little floating head is mean to me. No more. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be weird to be an adult and have your parents not approve of you playing video games. I mean, unless it's like to the point where you don't have a job and like you're still living at your parents' house, living in your parents' basement with uh, right Star Wars there was- posters on the wall and. Sure. There was a point maybe within the last five years where I asked for a video game related thing for Christmas and my mom kind of gave me a look like, really? Still? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's so funny. I mean, my mom's totally cool that like pretty much every Christmas the past, I don't know, I guess since I've moved out the past three or four years, like I always get GameStop gift cards like tucked in with all my other. Oh, presents. I still like, get it's not an issue. I still so, get right? stuff, but it doesn't I don't think it changes the fact that they're they have sort of that really still kind of mentality. Yeah, I think my brother buys me stuff more than my parents buy me stuff at this point. I mean, did you have, like, when growing up, did you, like, fail tests or classes because you were playing video games? I mean, was it was it an issue growing up, and so now it's carried over into adulthood, or? I had problems getting my homework done, but it had nothing to do with the video games. I was well, just yeah, really but... lazy. At... <laughs> I was going to um, say, it was just because it was homework, and who would Right, do that? exactly. No, I, yeah. I, I don't think it really affected, it affected my, my desire to go outside and play, like you said, but. Yeah. Sure. But, like, other than that, I mean, I spent Look, a lot guys, of... there are bears outside, all right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time sitting six inches from the television, and I think my parents saw that, and they were like, that can't that can't be good for you. But, <laughs> I don't know, I don't think... I don't think, aside from the fact that, you know, it, it engendered a lifelong love of technology, which essentially has me... A, you know, that's the reason I have a job now, is because I loved electronics growing up, I loved computers growing up, I mean... Nintendo, but also you know our personal computer, it's uh-huh. all part of the same hobby as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, now, right. and now it has me a job. It, it it trained me to think in certain ways, which led me towards working with computers for the rest of my life. Yep, absolutely works for me. Yeah, yeah. not a bad. Uh, I, I might have been an athlete. Who knows? <laughs> it seems unlikely, but you never know. Andy Gergen, NBA superstar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like to imagine in that alternate reality where yeah, Nintendo exactly. and Sony didn't split apart. There's Andy, superstar for the I don't know, let's say Indiana Pacers. Yes, <laughs> it's got to be a Midwest team. Well, that's my team. Midwest. That's my team. I I don't follow the NBA, but I follow the Pacers. That's funny. <laughs> perfect. Ah, oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, well, there we go. So that's it for listener mail. Um, so if you have mail to send us, like I said, anything, ask us some cool questions. It's fun to talk about. Uh things that you guys are interested in <laughs> so let's do that more how about it uh okay. zach and andy thank you for being here you're so welcome i never always miss a, it always a pleasure and uh, i miss yeah, it we'll frequently talk to, what's that <laughs> i miss it frequently yeah you do <laughs> maybe you can be on more we'll try to schedule that yeah all right and um all right well we'll talk to you guys later Thanks, guys bye 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 thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed this week's episode don't forget you can send don't forget you can send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and please rate and review the show on iTunes.